done it. He has come on and said, I have degenerative cartilage. Um, Wait, are you talking about Andrew Bynum or Andre Iguodala? Oh, I'm sorry, Andrew Bynum. Oh, I thought you were you were talking. <laughs> you you made it really unclear. I uh, you oh, know. Oh, that's my fault. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you were talking about them getting rid of Iguodala and you know I, um yeah I don't know if Andrew Bynum's a wacko. I I don't know. I I you know I he I I don't think he should be talking about specifically about what his injury is because I don't think he knows because he's he said it five different ways. He's got bone bruises. Right, yeah. He's got degenerative degenerative arthritis. He has cartilage weakened cartilage. He has no cartilage. He, I don't think he knows. I think he know, his knee is hurt and he doesn't feel like playing yet. You know. Okay, and yeah. I think that's accurate. But the great thing about it is. When they got rid of Andre Iguodala and they got this guy that's probably never going to play for them, they got the room for next year to go after Al Jefferson, and no one else has the cap room. You know what? Can I tell you something, man? Uh, first of all, plenty of teams will have cap room. Second of all, Al Jefferson stinks. Uh, wow. If, wow. Can wow. I, uh, he's not that good. He really It's a bunch of empty numbers. He's never been on a good... Oh, why is he never wow. on a good team? He's never on a good team. Why do you think that is? Because the bottom line is he's never played really with a great defensive player. And if they can team him up with an interior defender... He's seven feet tall. He, he not, should be an interior defender. He is not the best interior defender. He's I, terrible. I he's he's, he's no, terribly... He's He's not terrible. No, I'm he not. is. No, I can't. I can't. Adam, I can't. I can't. Oh, my God. He's not terrible. He's a, and, and bottom line is he can shoot the jumper. He can go to the basket with both hands. I mean, both ways. Not with both hands. Let me tell you something, Adam. We we can have this conversation on another night because i got to get to this next list. I'm not just dissing you. I just really got to go. But I will tell you this. If they sign Al Jefferson to anything nearing a big contract, I will not pay for another Sixers ticket until he's gone. And and I pay for a lot of Sixers tickets. I'm going to remember you said it. I'm saying it. All right? got to run, brother. I I do appreciate the call. I do appreciate your call. I appreciate you listening. That guy's crazy. James. Hey, Spike. How are you? What's up, buddy? Uh, James Wagner, who is, uh, who will be giving us our top five national sports uh, moments of 2012. By the way, it, it, it's, it's actually more top five national sports stories, which you did, and I, I think you did a really good job on it. Um, before we get to your list, now you are the director of athletic communications for uh, Ursinus, right? That's correct. Yes. So why don't you explain? I just I think because I you know there are so many we always talk about athletes and general managers and coaches and that's it. Why don't you just explain what you do, like exactly what your job is? Um, I take care of all the stats, press releases, website, uh, statistical services, and everything else for uh, 25 sports at the Division Three level at Ursinus. Yeah, and I would imagine at a bigger school there would be more than one person doing all of that. Correct. The Division Ones, uh, there's usually about four or five other big schools like Texas and, and, and uh, Florida have got about ten. And you've got one man to, to do 25 things. You know, they, they split out during the seasons, fall, winter, and spring. But um, I get to see all different types of sports, and you just run around like crazy. you got to love your job, and uh, I do love my job. And, uh, you know, being in the sports field, I enjoy uh, doing what I do. Now, just working that close to, because you're not just in college. It's not like you're at Kentucky doing the basketball program. You're right. at a, a small school. Does being involved in it on that level sort of change your perspective in a good or bad way uh, on pro sports or super major big-time college sports? 
Um, I think it, 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 Spike, it gives me a good, uh, you know, I enjoy watching pro sports and you, you look at it different, differently, like when you go to a Sixers game and, you know, people are worried about how much the hot dogs cost. I'm worried about who's doing the stats, uh, <laughs> you know, who's doing the PA. Like, like, I hope my list tonight goes better than my Sixers audition, but, uh, you know, um, you know, I worry about the little things and I, and I, I'm looking from a different level of different things, how things are put together, the marketing. Um, I know my main man, Warren, who was on earlier this, this, this evening, worked for the Sixers and he did a great job with them. And, um, you know, just more, I, I look at different things between professional sports and, and big-time college sports and how things are run, like the back end, like logistics and stuff like that. So I get the, a different look at, at college sports than most people do. The same way I listen to the radio. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like you wonder what's going on. So, all right, top five stories in national sports this year. Number five, you had the Olympics. Yeah, of course, every four years we wait for the for the Summer Olympics, and every year it seems to get better and better. This year they were in London. Everybody focused on the swimming. Michael Phelps becoming the all-time leader in, in, in medals won. And you get to see different sports, and you get to see, especially when it's in a, London's, you know, five hours ahead of us. It's not like a few years ago when it was in Sydney and you had to, like, avert your eyes on TV when they put the results on. You get to see all different kinds of sports. I think one of the cool things for me was uh, watching water polo and watching Doc Emmerich, who's called hockey games for years, calling a water polo, and just noting all the facts um, of different things. Like, he, like he's working a, working the Stanley Cup Final Game 7. He's got all these facts. But just to see all our athletes, the United States athletes, do well in swimming and all different kinds of sports and hear the stories that's that that's a feel-good story uh to watch olympics because we see this the the summer every four years of course we see the winner we'll see the winner in two years but summer olympics for me are great because you just get to see all different kinds of sports you know you get to see judo you get to see water polo you get to see um kayaking or whatever so i mean it's a great it was a great year for the united states olympic team uh, won a lot of medals 104 medals 46 of them gold and 31 in swimming and 29 in track and field and you know being in philadelphia we talk about the pen relays every year being a big time track event and it just seems like every four years we talk about how good our track and field teams are but we don't see them every year they're working every year but we only see them every four years when they go to the olympics um, your number four story on the top five national sports stories of 2012, um, which and, and this one just never seems to stop. It seems like every month there's another another story regarding this. Is uh, is realignment in uh, in college sports and the uh, and the conferences? Yeah, I know that you talked earlier about Syracuse and, of course, your alma mater moving to the ACC in a couple of years, and we're just seeing teams just migrating from conference to conference. And in our division, Division Three, we're the biggest division. There's 440 schools uh, in Division One. There's about 200 schools, and they're and they're just moving sport to sport. Um, you know, you look at the Big East. A couple of years ago was a really big power conference in basketball. Now they're losing X amount of schools, and, and of course in the city it affects us a little bit because Villanova is leaving to form their own college, which I think if you like college basketball will be one of the uh, best um, – one of the best basketball conferences in the country. Uh, you'll get to see a lot of good college basketball. But like you said, Spike, I don't think we're going to see the end of this. I think in the next couple of years, you may only see four conferences, you know, divide up the country in the east, the south, uh, the midwest, and the west. And it's just all, it's amazing how you have Boise State, who is closer to the West Coast and the East Coast, they're in the Big East for football, and now they're trying to get out. Uh, it's just a fluid ocean of schools going, and it's football-driven. Um, 
then you have to, you know, like I think about the other sports, like the women's soccer team at Boise State. Uh, they're now going to have to travel to San Diego and, and down to Texas and all these places. And they don't fly commercially. So, you know, you think about it that way. It's just it's just amazing to see these, these schools change conferences like it's nothing and the money that gets thrown around. Uh, like, like, for example, Maryland has to pay a $50 million exit fee just to leave the ACC to go to, to you know, the Big Ten and, $50 million is probably times 10 budgets for Division three schools. So it's just to see how the money gets thrown around and all this realignment. Um, the number three story in the uh, top five national sports stories in 2012, according to you, uh, the off-the-field incidents uh, in the NFL this year. Yeah, we've had a couple, of course, the, the Javon Belcher story, uh, and of course the story out in Dallas. Um, the guy's name is escaping me with the with the uh, killed his teammate in the drunk driving incident. And of course, I didn't put on there, but we had uh, Bounty Gate, where you had a bunch of players suspended, and then they went and appealed, and they were able to come back. Uh, it's just, you know, it, it's kind of scary to see that in one. It happens in every sport, but it just seems to have a lot more in the NFL. Uh, in the last couple of years than it has in anything. And, and just the Belcher story was just shocking to me. I mean, here's a guy in the prime of his life playing playing uh, NFL football for Kansas City, and, and just one thing happens and he snaps and, and, you know, lives are lost. And it's just amazing to me uh, that all this happened. And this only happened in the last couple months. So it was just shocking to me to see that this is all coming out of the NFL. Uh, Josh Brent was the Dallas Cowboys uh, uh, nose tackle who, uh, who, who had the, the – DUI. It came out today that his his blood alcohol content was point one eight nine, which is about twice the legal limit uh, where it was driving. So, um, number two, uh, the NHL lockout. Yeah, I I just cannot believe that the lockout has gone this far. And of course, it happened a few years ago when they lost an entire season. I, I'm not worried about. I think this thing is eventually going to get solved, and it may take. It may happen tomorrow. It may happen two months from now. We may lose a season, and the Flyers will bounce back. Teams like the Rangers will bounce back. The Devils, you know, the, the originals teams will bounce back. I'm more worried about teams in Nashville and teams in um, the Florida and teams in Phoenix who aren't very well attended. I mean, there are a lot of teams in the NHL, and uh, not of them are all well attended. And I'm worried about when this NHL comes back, and hopefully it comes back this year, or maybe it comes back next year, or maybe two years, you're going to see a lot less teams in the NHL. Um, I know this little fact that these, these uh, teams uh, aren't uh, doing so well financially. In fact, there was a story today about the Red Wings uh, that haven't paid their taxes yet. I guess they owe taxes on the arena or something, but since they haven't played the entire year, there's yeah. no revenue that they've generated. So, But a team like Detroit will bounce right back. But like I said, I'm worried about the small market teams uh, being able to come back uh, after this is said and done. And hopefully it's done soon. I, I mean, I, I'm a Flyers guy. I miss hockey. You know, I'm watching Hershey Bears hockey, and I'm watching the other hockey, but I miss you know, the, not having to win a classic this year is really lousy. I mean, that's that's something you'll get. You'll get the average Joe, like the person who doesn't watch auto racing and watch the Indy 500. You'll get someone to watch the Winter Classic, and I just think that's a, a blow to the NHL to have to cancel that. I really hope that they they fix this soon. Um, your number one story is correct. I was hoping to never mention the story again because I just. Like the the uh, it was so big that it just became so overwhelming. Was the uh, the climax of the the Penn State scandal? Yeah, uh, I remember where I was. And everybody will have that moment 
you know, that you remember when the NCAA came in at 9 o'clock on a Monday morning and announced all those penalties where they took all most of Paterno's wins away, banned them for four years, and fined them $60 million. But, I, but this, Mike, I was thinking about this when I was sitting here waiting for my turn, and, and it seems like that Penn State will finally be able to put that behind them, and they had a great season this year in football. I think Bill O'Brien will do a great job with them over the next couple of years. I mean, they were still working hard. The, the kids who had stayed, uh, you know, had, had, you know, and they were, it's, it felt like they had a bullseye on their back and people are saying that the, how can you punish these kids for, for stuff that happened years ago? But the kids came out and, and after a rough start, losing a couple of games, they came out, they played well in the Big Ten and, you know, I sit here and watch this whole thing happen over, you know, starting in November when Paterno got fired last year, and then just going, the going, hearing the things from the NCAA and hearing the report, and hopefully that they can put this behind us. But I mean, it's just it was just horrifying to hear some of the things that were coming out of there, and you felt for the for the current student athletes who were there uh, who worked hard and, like I said, didn't do anything wrong. But unfortunately, the institution had to be punished for what had happened. Uh, but I hope now going forward that they're able to put that behind them and we can stop talking about it and uh, Penn State football can rebuild to what it was. Yeah, you know, every once in a while there's going to be something that happens that will bring it back up again, you know, whether, you know, something happens with Sandusky in prison or, <laughs> you know, or, you know, somebody uh, somebody gets arraigned for something. But hopefully those, you know, start to get uh, – it feels as if they're getting quieter and quieter and quieter. Um, and I honestly think Penn State football will be back to, I mean, they'll be back to normal a lot quicker than anyone ever imagined, if only because of this year. You know, yep. I just, I, I feel like people move on so quickly nowadays that if you can, if you can turn a corner like they did, you know, people forget what's around the corner. So, um, you did a great job with your list, brother. Um, Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. You can follow, uh, James on Twitter at WAGS, W-A-G-S-S-I-D. Um, and, uh, top five list is great. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the time, Spike. I appreciate it. No, anytime. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah um, man, Wag's pretty uh, pretty serious during his his top five list. Made me. I like to be silly, you know. It made me uh, made me not silly. So we've got, we've got two lists coming up next. Our last two are uh, top five things to look forward to in 2013. That's coming up at 1:40. Coming up next. Jake has your top five Eagles moments from 2012. <laughs> yeah, right. Like they exist. Uh, you can look forward to those. Extreme voice line is 888-729-9494. Pound 9494 on your AT&T Verizon. So Alex wanted to talk uh, Andrew Bynum and Dwight Howard, which uh, Dwight Howard isn't playing well, but there's not much of a comparison there. So we'll get to that and Jake's uh, top five next. I'm Spike Eskin. 94 WIP Sports Time is 115. Sports Radio 94, WIP. 21 years, over 300,000 attendees, 50,000 wings devoured, 2,000 beautiful wingettes. I want to get like all glittered up, like my whole body glittered up. 500 hungry competitors, 11 different champions. The numbers you hear today may never be reached again in the history of wingball. And for the first time ever... I'm afraid, terribly afraid. Wing Bowl is 21. Wing Bowl 21 is sold out. But keep listening to win your tickets. Wing Bowl 21. Presented by Steven Singer Jewelers. On the other corner of 8th and Walnut. And IHateStevenSinger.com. And by Sugarhouse Casino.
drive off in a brand new 2013 Nissan Pathfinder SL from Montgomeryville Nissan. Located on Route 309, just minutes from everywhere. Wing Bowl 21. It's sold out. But keep listening to win your tickets. For pictures, videos, and info, go to cbsphilly.com slash Wing Bowl. Where Wing Bowl happens. Sports Radio 94. WIP. Disregard previous prices. New pricing policy. I repeat, Disregard previous prices, new pricing policy. Now at the all-new Barberas on the Boulevard, it's the single biggest money-saving sales event the auto industry has ever seen. Discounts that were $5,000 are now $10,000. On select models, lease prices that were $289 a month are now $199 a month. New cars, trucks, minivans, SUVs, 1,000 vehicles, one location, zero down, zero percent, plus instant credit. Just come and get it. Philadelphia's credit connection. It's Barberas. Barra's Big Finish 2012. And the big deal? Disregard previous prices. New pricing policy. Discounts that were $5,000 are now $10,000. Lease prices that were $289 are now $199. Check Barbera's on the Boulevard.com immediately. Because all we do is sell Dodges, Chryslers, and Jeeps cheap. And now, even cheaper. Is Barbera's on the Boulevard the best? <laughs> Boy, I guess. Are you ready to taste the holiday flavors at PA's finest diner? The temperature has dropped, and Manella's is right here to pick you up with a taste of the holidays. Stop in to Manella's Diner and enjoy a hot cup of coffee and one of their delicious prepared menu items. It's a great day when it starts with Manella's Diner, 320 West Lancaster Avenue in Wayne. Now through the holidays, you can drop off an unwrapped toy in the annual Toys for Tots Drive. Celebrate the season. Come on in. And welcome to Manella's. Happy Holidays from Quakertown, Mitsubishi. Here's a gift for everyone. Want a new car for $99 a month? CutMyDeal.com. Need fast loan approval? CutMyDeal.com. At the all-new Quakertown, Mitsubishi, we cut new 2013 Lancers to $99 a month. Go to CutMyDeal.com. New 2013 Lancers, $99 a month. Quakertown, Mitsubishi. CutMyDeal.com. 2013 Lancer ES. Stock number Q130, 22, MSRP, 18980. 5190 down with $99 a month for 48 months. Are you or someone you know an unemployed veteran? The Veterans Retraining Assistance Program, VRAP, may provide eligible unemployed veterans ages 35 to 60 with up to 12 months of training or education assistance toward a career in a high-demand field. VRAP is available to the first 99,000 eligible veterans. Don't miss out on this limited opportunity. To learn more about eligibility and to apply for VRAP, please visit benefits.va.gov slash vow. That's benefits.va.gov slash vow. The New Year's Eve celebration that redefines the concept of New Year's Eve, only at the world-famous Chickies and Pete's, the number one crab house and sports bar in North America. Ring in 2013 with live entertainment, champagne toast at midnight, fun at play too, the interactive sports bar, and amazing food. Chickies and Pete's for New Year's Eve, an atmosphere like no other. Get your group together and ring in 2013 at the Chickies and Pete's location near you. Click chickiesandpeets.com right now for locations and details. New Year's Eve at Chickies and Pete's. Where else? I'm Sue Schilling with this 2020 sports update. The Eagles play their final game of the season at the Giants on Sunday. Kickoff is 1 o'clock, and you can hear it on 94 WIP. Birds enter with a record of 4-11, and 11. and despite that disappointing record, Eagles offensive coordinator Marty Morningwig says that the game against the Giants still has meaning. Great opportunity for many of our uh, players uh, that are 
young and and have an opportunity here to play. Uh, and it's a, a certainly a, a rivalry type of game uh, down there in the New Meadowlands. Giants come in with slim playoff hopes as they need to beat the Eagles and have the Vikings, Bears, and Cowboys all lose. The Sixers continue their road trip Friday night when they visit the Golden State Warriors. The Nets fired head coach Avery Johnson, P.J. Carlissimo, the interim head coach. College football, San Jose State beat Bowling Green 29-20 in the Military Bowl. Cincinnati topped Duke 48-34 in the Belk Bowl. CBS 3 Eyewitness weather, mostly clear and cold overnight, low 28. Mostly sunny on Friday, high 40. That's 2020 sports scores and the latest sports information at 20 minutes before and after every hour. This is Philadelphia's sports station. This is the new sports radio, 94 WIP. As we look back on 2012, we're going to look back at the top five Eagles moments of 2012. I can't wait to get to Jake so he can do this. I, I gave, I, I purposely gave Jake a pretty hard assignment on this one. Everyone got their assignment for the top five list, but, uh, I am, I gave him the hard one because I'm confident that he will accomplish, uh, a good list. So I look forward to it. We'll get to that in a second. Alex, you're on 94 WIP. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. How are you doing? I'm great. Uh, well, I wanted to talk about the Sixers and the Andrew Bynum trade. Go for it. What do you got? Uh, well, what I have is you could have made a trade this year. The only two players you could have got were both centers that would possibly change your franchise, Andrew Bynum and Dwight Howard. Now, Andrew Bynum has not worked out in any way whatsoever, and Nick Fritchovich is having a pretty damn good year in Orlando. He's averaging about 15 points a game. No, he's averaging, but, at, just real quick, but, he's at, wait, just, he's averaging 10.5 points and 9.8 rebounds, so. Oh, well, that's, yeah, that's very good. Yeah, it's nice, but it, it's not 15. So I just, just, I just want, as we move forward through this, I just want all of our facts to be, uh, on point. So go ahead. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. But, I'd rather have Andrew Bynum sitting on the bench producing nothing than having Dwight Howard smiling every time he messes up. It's uh, almost like he suffers from Donovan McNabb. Disease. You know, you've been in Philly every, too long, Every man. time he messes up, Who cares? He smiles. Who cares? He's, he is by far the best center in the NBA. It's not even, you know, if Andrew Bynum is two, he's two by a mile. He's by far in the rearview mirror. Dwight Howard is, is still hurt and has not recovered from his back surgery, and maybe one day he will, but I do not care if he smiles when he messes up. I don't care if he has a nervous habit. I don't care. I just don't care. I, it doesn't, it doesn't, on, it matters on no level to me what his reaction is after he messes up. Only that Dwight Howard is, is, when healthy, probably the, the third best player in the NBA. So I, you just. I'm sorry, I don't find him the third, to be the third best player in the NBA. There's, I don't see how that's possible. Okay, LeBron James is better. Kevin Durant's better. Who else is better? Kobe Bryant's better. No, he's not. maybe Kobe Bryant was better eight, five years ago. He's not better now. Kobe Bryant? Are you kidding me? He's Kobe not. Bryant? I, I, you could say his name five times. It doesn't make it true. You know. It's, I, it's, he's leading the NBA in scoring. 
scoring. I mean, like, what what more do you want from him? Uh, other things besides scoring. I, it's a crazy thing, but yeah, Dwight Howard does more to prevent scoring than Kobe Bryant probably ever has. And uh, Kobe, well, Kobe Bryant is a, a, probably a minus defensive player now. Um, Kobe Bryant leads the NBA in scoring and has been more efficient this year than he normally has because he takes the most shots. He took 41 shots the other night. 41. Can I give you an NBA player that's having as bad of a year as Dwight Howard, but I think it's better than Dwight Howard? Sure. Kevin Love. No, he's not better than Dwight Howard. He's just he's just not. It's just I I you know what? If you send me an email, uh, spike dot eskin at gmail dot com, I can I can say I, I got to go. I got to get to Jake. I'm not dissing you. I just got to get to Jake. Uh, I could send you. Uh, I'll, I'll send you 45 people, uh, professional NBA writers that would tell you that you're crazy. Um, Dwight Howard, when he's healthy, is is a, a game changer. Uh, Kevin Love is a really nice player. I love to have him, but. Jake, do you see what I deal with sometimes? Yeah, it's incredible. I'm glad I could follow up after that. Good good people, but misled. Slightly yeah. misled, I think he is. Um, Jake, uh, first question before we get to your top five Eagles moments. Isn't it way past your bedtime? It is, yeah, my 8.30 bedtime. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I gave you this assignment of the uh, top five Eagles moments of 2012. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, honestly, when I sat down to do it, it's, you know, it, it, there aren't really very many at all. I mean, five is almost a stretch, right? No, I said earlier on Twitter that I was just going to come on the air and make fart noises for the entire time because there's really <laughs> not many, not many serious top moments for this year. No, and especially because at a certain point you sort of have to reach too and pick non on the field um, moments as well. Now every list has had that, but still, I mean, with the Eagles, you really need to. So let's get to your list. Um, number five, the Brian Dawkins retirement ceremony. Yeah, which is kind of interesting because I know one of the uh, earlier guys I think he had that as number one as top Philly moment. So I guess number five would be a good change of pace here. But you know that was just one of those games where I was at that game as well. And there are just certain games you can just kind of feel the energy beforehand. And, I mean, that place was electric. And, you know, they're showing highlights of his career and whatnot. And he just gets out in the field, and they got the whole light show going and everything, and the jersey presentation. It was just one of those those moments that, you know, you had to be there. The fact that you were there is just one of those things that you would tell your kids. Uh, I always loved Brian Dawkins. You know, watching him was incredible, just the things he was doing just all the time. You know, people always talk about, Philly's favorite son or most loved son or whatever, and it's kind of sad that it's a fictional character from a movie series that ran about two movies too long because Brian Dawkins should easily be Philly's favorite son. You know, there you have like Alan Iverson and whatnot, but there was never a bad thing ever said about Brian Dawkins. He put it out there on the line you know, all the time. Uh, he, he deserved to be honored, and that was that was one of the better moments from this season. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, it, it it's you. It is sort of um, not sad's the wrong word, but it sort of gives you perspective that the best you know one of the best moments of the season is honoring a guy that doesn't play here. And you know, it's you know things are bad when you just start talking about the glory days all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, number four, why don't you explain this one because it'll be funnier. Uh, Matt McBriar, uh, Pun versus Cincinnati, that was blocked by Marvin McNutt's armpit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's just one of those moments where you just say Eagles 2012 because it's, you just sum up the season there with a play like that. It was just kind of funny because McNutt was a, a practice squad call up and he just got bull rush there and 
got backed right up into McNutton, or got backed up into McBriar. Yeah. And uh, just punted it right off of his armpit. And it was funny because McBriar got killed there at the end. He got rolled up, and he, he had, got hurt doing that a few years ago. Pump was blocked, and I think he, like, fractured his foot or something. So he, he made that out uh, unscathed, but barely. Eagles 2012, our top five moments now have Brian Dawkins in it and Matt McBriar and Marv McNutt. Your Eagles 2012. Um, all right, uh, number three. Yeah, number three was the Foles touchdown pass to Jeremy Macklin in the Cowboys game after Vic left with an injury. Yeah, and it was, was it was a Vic concussion, right? It was when Vic got the concussion. Yeah, it was, it was twice or something. He had his head pounded into the ground, and then Ernie Sims, of all people, comes and knocks him to the ground. It was the first time Ernie Sims has made in, like, four years, and it's, it gives Michael Vick a concussion. Yeah, and it, but, you, you sort of thought when when Foles threw that touchdown pass, you were like, oh, this is, you know, like, this is the story. Like, here it is. You, you it was perfect, too, because everyone and their mother and their grandmother was calling for Foles to start, and they were, they were waiting, and every time Vicks were in completion, they were calling for Foles to come in. So it, it, the world kind of imploded there once he threw that touchdown. And I mean, anyone could have thrown that. He was wide open, and he was open by five yards. But it was just the fact that Foles did it, and then he was coming in, and he's taking over. It was just funny. Yeah, it was. It was the. It was everyone's worst nightmare and everyone's best nightmare all wrapped up into one. Well, I'm sure it was a nightmare for you because you're hearing it for two, three weeks after how how Foles is the guy, how he's the hero and the franchise QB. Yeah, well, it's just you know what my my biggest problem, and this is a you know a longer discussion, but my thing with with sports in general around here and it's probably everywhere is that everyone thinks that every moment is is indicative of what's going to happen for good you know what i mean yeah, like it's the prisoner of the moment thing yeah and it's like it, you can there's the that false thing is when so evan turner against the celtics you know misses like 10 straight shots and like hits a shot he has no business hitting in in overtime against the the Celtics and beats them, and all of a sudden Evan Turner's the finisher, and everyone right, is exactly. is fine with that. You know, it's just like, just sometimes things just happen. You know, you need to see a trend of things to happen for them to be what they are. But anyway, number two. And I'm gonna say this is hard for me to put this in number two because number two and number one were probably closer than you think. But I had the Brandon Boykin and Miley Cooper failed trick play versus New Orleans. Yeah, that's got to go in the annal like of NFL film somewhere and like the I LOL. Like, every 